Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Eric Kane, who does all things for the Tennessee Volunteers, but covers them for VolQuest.com, for the On3 Network, as well as the host of Locked On Vols. And Eric, it's been a while, but we appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon? Hey, man, I really appreciate you having me on. Doing well. Good, good. Well, we know that uh, you know, we're, we're excited about this baseball series, and I know you're pretty excited about this baseball series. These two teams, anytime they meet, there's always going to be some some energy. But before we get into the game itself, I'm curious to get your, your thoughts, because Tennessee, of course, we know last year won 57 games, was one of the most, if not the most dominant team in college baseball, and getting to the Super Regional fell short, which was a disappointment to, to most Vols fans. But coming back this year, uh, just how has it gone so far? Has this been about what you've expected out of the volunteer baseball team? And uh, just kind of what's been the storyline for Tennessee so far this season? Well, I mean, you look at the uh, – you kind of look at their schedule, look at their overall record. You know, they're under 500 in SEC play, and they've, they've dropped some games. And, you know, they, they opened up SEC play being swept at Missouri, which wasn't good. Um, there's so much talent that's on this roster. I mean, obviously, great pitching. There, there's great hitting. There's a lot of young players. Um, bullpen's one of the best in college baseball. So there's so much talent on this roster. But at the end of the day, I mean, you lost eight position players from last year's team. I mean, you 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 are replacing pretty much your entire starting lineup um, outside of the you know some pitchers that you know you know very very well. So it's a different team, and they're they're trying to figure it out. And there's been a lot of growing pains uh, over the course of the season so far, trying to figure out. You know, who fits best where in the outfield, trying to figure out stability behind the plate, trying to figure out the order and the lineup and all that good stuff. Um, what's been a little disappointing uh, is that at times the defense uh, has lagged. They've been making some errors and, 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 and not helping their starting pitchers out, who we all know their names. They were fantastic All-Americans last year, but have, have struggled to, to, to begin Southeastern Conference play this year. You know, Chase Dolander is going to be one of the top draft picks this summer, and he's He's phenomenal. Um, he would like to work further in games so far, and he's not been doing that as well to date. Chase Burns is slumping really, really hard right now, but uh, tremendous talent, a lot of velo on that fastball. So it's been a work in progress for Tennessee. Still has all the talent in the world. They have the ingredients uh, to turn it on late and make a nice run, obviously, in the SEC tournament, regional, super regional, and all that. But uh, they, they've got to find some answers, and winning a series at Arkansas would do wonders for Tennessee this weekend. Who are some of those players that have been key additions to the lineup this season? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, obviously Blake Burke, um, he, he came on and was a DH for about half the season last year. He's now the full-time first baseman. He's he's your slugger. Um, he's got over 10 home runs. I think he's had 12 home runs so far this year, so he's been a great addition to the everyday lineup. Uh, Zane Denton has come over from Alabama, and – uh, he can hit all across the order, but the third baseman, I think, is really flourished, switch hitting uh, in the bottom third of the order. Griffin Merritt uh, coming over. He was the AAC Player of the Year for the Cincinnati Bearcats last year, and he was struggling big time a couple weeks ago, 0 for 20 uh, at points and times. But his last three games, he's hit three home runs, and it looks like he's uh, coming back and adding a, a power bat to that order, so that's been good. Of course, Maui Ahuna coming over from uh, Kansas. Uh, is a guy that uh, is going to be a really high draft pick as well, uh, defensive wizard at the at the shortstop position, and and trying to find some consistency with his bat in the order. So those are a few of those players. Uh, Jared Dickey is now an everyday player that will catch some, play outfield. Um, 
but yeah, there's been there, there's really good talent on this roster and a couple of additions uh, by way of the transfer portal that's helped Tennessee. Erica, I'm looking at just the numbers and everything to go along with whether it's the ERA and and how Tennessee has been able to to really stifle some teams and and play really well on that front. Uh, just we know the pitching's there, but as far as the defense goes, I feel like that maybe is something that hasn't been talked enough about in college baseball. Arkansas had a great uh, defense last year. Uh, needed the pitching to go along with it too. But as far as Tennessee's defense themselves, has it been something that uh, has been kind of carrying them, or has it been more just about the great pitching that they've been able to have to keep these teams from scoring so many runs against them? Well, I mean, at times the defense has been bad. I'm going I'm to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, Blake Burke, who I just mentioned, a really, really good player, but I mean, he's made eight errors at first base, which is, you know, that's that's not ideal. You know, for incredible as Maui Ahuna is at, at shortstop, and again, he's got a big league glove. Uh, he's made, uh, you know, four errors at four really bad times so far this season. No one's going to be perfect, don't get me wrong, but I think Tennessee making some defensive errors and and a lot of plays too, where I know sometimes it's just baseball, but you know, you're camped up under an infield slot and and nobody's communicating and and trying to you know make that out. You know, that came back and got a big time against LSU, one time against uh, Missouri as well. So, uh, you know, Tennessee has hurt itself a lot of times so far this year with some with some poor defensive play and uh, some base running mistakes as well. And, you know, Tony Vitello's team, since he's been at Tennessee, they, they've always been super aggressive on the base pass. But um, early on in SEC play, man, they were, they were taking themselves out off the bases a couple of times just running into outs. And so, uh, again, if, if – if you want to ask me what's been a little underwhelming maybe about Tennessee, it would be those aspects where, again, there's still so much talent. There's a lot of young talent. They've got depth. Um, you feel good about those arms that you have and knowing what they're capable of. Uh, so at points in time, the defense has just not been what it needs to be. But I will say this. Uh, the last two series, they, they've looked pretty sharp defensively, and so playing better at the right time. How tough has the schedule been this year? Uh, Tennessee has played LSU, who's number one on the road, and uh, a number of the losses come on the road. But the schedule overall seems like it's been a bit tough this year, now getting into this series with Arkansas this weekend. Now listen, I know everybody listening right now is, is not going to feel sorry for any Tennessee fan fans. <laughs> it's still like I understand it, life in the SEC, right? But, yeah, I mean, Tennessee – uh, again, started on the road in Missouri, and it was just brutal weather. Came back home and swept A&M, which was good to see. And then you entered the stretch where you were at number one LSU. Tennessee dropped two or three. You came back home against Florida. Tennessee dropped two or three. You're now at number five Arkansas, and a huge series coming up. Next weekend, you've got Vanderbilt at home, and we know how challenging the Commodores are. Um, you actually kind of get a break, if you want to call it that, the following weekend against Mississippi State. Uh, and then you have Georgia, and then you end the season against Kentucky uh, and South Carolina, who have had good starts to SEC play as well. So it's been pretty challenging. But, again, you're not going to get any remorse from any opposing fan base because that's life in the SEC, in football and baseball, women's basketball as well. Uh, it was good for Tennessee to go on the road at the beginning of the year uh, to play in the MLB Four uh, you know, Classic, played against Arizona, went to Grand Canyon, lost that game 3-4, to four but played in front of an incredible environment, about 7,000 fans screaming their heads off all night long, playing at LSU. And I think being in those environments where Tennessee's not fared well on the road so far this year, but playing in front of those hostile environments, I think it's going to be something that prepares them for what's to come this weekend because, of course, it's going to be a, a ruckus environment at Arkansas, no doubt. 
Speaking with Eric Kane, who covers the Tennessee Volunteers for VolQuest.com, as well as the host of the Locked On Vols Network here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Eric, so the, the pitching situation is a fascinating one because it looks like there's doing some changes with Tennessee, and uh, there's been some pitchers that haven't been officially announced as far as if they'll be going on Saturday and Sunday and all of that. But uh, just kind of using educating guessing, what do you think the pitching rotation is going to look like this weekend and uh, maybe some of the reasons why uh, Tony Patel is trying to make some adjustments and going into this series compared to what he's had in previous series? Yeah, a lot of TBAs, right, on, on, on both sides. <laughs> Always fun to kind of see that in SEC play. But um, I said a little earlier, you know, Chase Dolander, again, he's going to be a high draft pick. He is, he is a good player. Um, you know, his numbers don't look all that bad. But he's, he's not been pitching as, as far into games as he needs to be. His, his pitch count's been run up really, really high. And, again, some of that you can credit to some poor defense behind him. Um, he pitched really, really well on Saturdays a year ago and just trying to shake some things up. And it looks like they're probably going to go with him on Saturday. Uh, and tonight, you know, Chase Burns, who is normally the game two starter, he's just really struggled in, in league play so far this year. He's got an 0-3 record in league play. He's got an ERA that's north of 11. Um, he's just He's been leaving. He relies on his fastball and his slider. And when you have a slider that is all over the plate and a fastball that's thrown right down the pipe at you know, 97, 98 miles an hour, you know, hitters in this league are going to take advantage. And so, you know, Chase Burns, who will be one of the higher draft picks in 2024, Looks like he's going to come out of the bullpen this weekend, try to get his head on straight a little bit. Tremendous talent, but just trying to shake things, trying to shake some things up and give Tennessee an opportunity to where you're not trying to salvage series in Game Three and try to go win those series in Games One and Game Two. So tonight's going to be Andrew Lindsay, who's been a reliever for Tennessee, but arguably has the best stuff of any Tennessee pitcher. Uh, he pitched for Charlotte as a starter in 2021 took the 2022 season off, and then is now with Tennessee. He's been really good out of the pen, but you're going to get Andrew Lindsay tonight, and then I would assume you get Chase Dolander on uh, Saturday, and then Drew Beam, who has really been steady Eddie for Tennessee the last two years. He'll be the Sunday starter, and, and that's still a really, really good rotation with Chase Burns coming out of the bullpen, and then guys like Candon Sewell and, and Seth Halverson as well, who can come on and pitch multiple innings out of the Tennessee bullpen. A lot of similarities with Tennessee and Arkansas as far as turnover with the position players, but Arkansas, in addition to that, has been dealing with some injuries to the pitching staff. How do you see the matchup for this weekend between Arkansas and Tennessee? Yeah, there's. I mean, it's, it's a lot of injuries there on Arkansas' side. I mean, losing some guys like Jackson Wiggins is just horrible, and, and Cody Frank, a, a big addition, coming over from um, Nebraska and you know being sidelined for considerable time. You know Brady Taggart as well, the closer is out to my understanding for at least a couple more weeks. Arkansas is certainly going through it. Um, I, I just think overall, I mean this this is going to be a really good series. I think there's opportunity for Tennessee again because of the uncertainty of the arms, if you will. And, and the same could be said for Arkansas right now. To be completely honest with you, um, obviously I'm more uh, I, I know everything about the Tennessee baseball team, so. Uh, you know, looking at their stats and kind of who they are, I kind of look at it, I think that's a really good opportunity for Tennessee to take advantage of that, try to work the starting pitchers count up, get into that bullpen. And if you can get into the bullpen, I mean, especially for Tennessee, I think that, you know, with the offense and the quality of depth in that lineup that they've built over the season, um, I'll, you got to like it if you're Tony Botello. But, again, the same can be said for, you know, those guys in the order for Arkansas who, you know, put together top to bottom a really solid lineup. Uh, with some of those guys. So I think it's going to be a really good series. I, like you guys, don't believe it's going to be a sweep one way or the other. 
Uh, I think it can be some contested baseball games uh, over the weekend. And, you know, Tennessee needs this series, again, in, in the worst way because uh, of the losses to LSU and Florida in recent weeks. So they're going to be hungry and try to come out uh, victorious on the road. Eric, I also want to ask you a little bit about the elephant in the room. We know that uh, the, what happened the, the last time these two teams met in a series, they're in Knoxville and uh, with Vitello and Dave Van Horn and, and the craziness that went along with it. And since that point, there's just been a lot more. There was always a little bit of an animosity, but it really got revved up to another level with the fan bases and everything. But it, at least on this side of things, and uh, Dave Van Horn has talked about it, it's no big deal. They're cool. They hang out. They drink wine together. They enjoy each other's. Uh, company and everything like all that's great but we see it here in Arkansas how do you see it and everybody in Tennessee view Arkansas view Dave Van Horn view that feud is it overblown or is it have some legitimacy of how people feel over there in Knoxville well I mean I think in the grand scheme of things it's probably overblown a little bit but um, I mean we're not going to forget those two head coaches at, at Lindsey Nelson Stadium a couple years ago once the game has gone final I mean they are they are just getting after it right there in front of home plate. <laughs> you know, and so Tennessee fans remember seeing that. And, um, you know, obviously the passion from the Tennessee fan side, the Arkansas fan side, it kind of kind of just fuels all this, right? But, I mean, these guys have, you know, coached together for a long time. They know each other very, very well. They have a ton of respect for one another. And, you know, I heard, uh, you know, comments made this week. And, yeah, it could be overblown a little bit. But at least from the Tennessee side, this is one of those series, obviously, you know, when the schedule came out, you circle it. You know, you're going to Arkansas. It's one that every Tennessee fan wants to come out victorious and, and kind of have that last day, if you will, here, you know, for the regular season portion of 2023. So they might be on good terms, but, you know, on this side of it, it's probably, it, it's probably one that Tennessee fans want to, want to get after. And obviously, I, you know, that, you know, Tony Botello wants to win it for sure, uh, because Arkansas got the better of it back in 2021. Also, Eric, uh, with, uh, you know what you talk about. I think there's a, this. It's all makes sense and everything. But is there a particular team in the SEC that Tennessee fans hate the most? Is it is it Arkansas? Is that kind of the thing that they go after more so, or is it we just hate everybody equally? <laughs> well, Tennessee fans hate everybody, right? And, uh, and a lot of fan bases across the SEC uh, probably do as well. Uh, Tennessee baseball fans do not like Arkansas. Tennessee baseball fans definitely don't like Vanderbilt. Um, so it's pretty close between the two. It might be more towards Vanderbilt simply because you play him every single year. Vanderbilt's been so good. Um, he's got a skipper that's not very popular in the eyes of Tennessee fans. So it might be Vanderbilt a little bit more, but hey, Van Horn in, in Arkansas, certainly high on that list. And if they're not number one, they're probably 1B in the eyes of Tennessee fans. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between – Arkansas and Tennessee, as much as the fans may not like to admit it, but it, it, they're, they're programs that seem to have animosity towards everybody pretty equally where, you know, in all the sports they, they, they are pretty good at and they have success in, in their own right, but they also really don't have like one true rival. And, and maybe I'm speaking out of the line here for Tennessee, but I feel like there's a lot more similarities between these two schools than maybe the fan bases would like to admit. Oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly, right? Um, and, and, again, that's a credit to the, the, the passion from, from both fan bases. Um, just hungry for a winner and hungry to be an all-sports school, right? I mean, football and, and men's basketball and, and baseball and, and women's basketball as well. I mean, Arkansas and Tennessee are both you know, pretty well-rounded in those regards. 
when you talk Tennessee football, it really depends on the demographic you're asking the question to. You know, my demographic might say Florida is the biggest rival for Tennessee. Uh, my elders might would definitely say it's Alabama or Vanderbilt because, again, Tennessee plays Vanderbilt every year. Tennessee plays Alabama every single year. Um, you know, some of the some of the newer Tennessee fans might even say Georgia right now because of what Kirby Smart's doing down there. So, I would completely agree with that for sure. Um, you know, whenever you have two programs that have been in the Southeastern Conference and the same conference for as long as these two have, you're going to develop hatred for some other fan bases. But I do think there are some similarities between Tennessee and Arkansas in that regard. Eric, uh, before we let you get out of here, I know we talk baseball, but real quick, just uh, volunteer football, man. They had a great year this past season, and the expectations have never been higher. But how's everything going in spring ball, and what uh, what are Vol fans expecting to happen this upcoming season uh, and, and the second year uh, of their uh, of their guy that's I'm sure he could he could run for governor right now and probably win. Yeah, no doubt. Josh Hopple can do no wrong right now, and you know coming in and. Uh, seven and five record uh, in year one, and then flipping it around a ten and two record with an Orange Bowl victory over uh, Clemson and Miami. It's it's got everybody really really excited, and yeah, you know, understandably you're going to lose so much talent from last year's team. Hendon Hooker, who um, in my opinion should have been a Heisman finalist, uh, Darnell Wright, who's going to be a first round draft pick, Jalen Hyatt, who won the Bolitnikoff, Cedric Tillman, uh, Byron Young. I mean the list goes on and on and on. But you know it's it's to a point now, and you're seeing it in spring practice right now, to where the depth has improved so much in two years with Josh Heifel and credits the transfer portal as well. It can take away, but it also can give us, and it's given us to Tennessee a little bit. Um, you're in such a better spot now to, to contend with those other teams in the Southeastern Conference. Are you all the way there yet in terms of a roster standpoint? No, but you are so much further along. And so looking at 2023, I mean, you know, Tennessee fans are – probably expecting a little bit of a drop off just because of everything that you have lost but certainly going to be intending to win nine games maybe 10 games and uh, we'll have to see because there's a whole lot of talent coming back so uh, a lot of excitement for Tennessee spring football right now in the orange and white game that is tomorrow at Neyland Stadium well Eric we really appreciate you joining us sounds like it's going to be another big weekend too there in Knoxville with football going on but Baseball certainly will be pretty entertaining between these two teams. But enjoy the weekend, man. Enjoy the spring. And I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road. I appreciate it, guys. Hoping for a great baseball series. Looking forward to watching it. Y'all have a good one.